for for all things ATL. For everything Falcons. First to the end zone, touchdown! This is Peachtree Football. Now, your host, Dylan Matthews and Bo Morgan. What's going on, everybody? It is your boy, Dylan Matthews, alongside the man, the myth, the legend himself, Bo Morgan, and we are Peachtree Football. Make sure you download the podcast, subscribe to the podcast, like Peachtree Football as well. We are wherever you get your podcast. That is Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, wherever you listen to your podcast, wherever you get your podcast, Peachtree Football is there. Bo Morgan, what's going on, brother man? How you doing? On a Tuesday evening, as we have crossed into evening hours, a little after five o'clock here in the state of Georgia. But how are we doing today, man? Yeah, we're good. Tired. It's one of those days, you know, some of these days are longer than others. Um, so my eyes look over days. Yeah, my eyes look a little like, you know, um, <laughs> half, half open. It's not that there are. It's just it's been one of those days. And, um, you know, there's a lot going on. Um Yep. I was able to get some things done um, for me for myself today. Uh, I had to um, had to get out and um, get the get the dentist appointment out of the way, and um, you know okay. work all that around um, yeah. the, the pod and the the news from uh, from uh, the Falcons today. So yeah, uh, Bo's been diving in a little bit of everything: dentist appointments, Falcons podcasts, doing shows everywhere. Everywhere, Bose Morgan's been everywhere today. Speed, you talked about the Atlanta Falcons. They have uh, made a few news and uh, things today. Uh, first being that they have signed yet another rookie to uh, a rookie deal, as the Falcons have signed defensive lineman Zach Harrison to his uh, rookie deal. Harrison's rookie contract estimated to have a total value of five point five five point. Five six million while carrying a cap hit of one point zero one million in twenty twenty three. Those estimations are according to OverTheCap.com. This story from AtlantaFalcons.com from our friend uh, Tori McElhaney. So Falcons lock up their seventy fifth overall pick. They have now signed Bijan to their rookie deal. They have now signed um, uh, Clark Phillips to his rookie deal. Matthew Bergeron. And uh, we got Helm signed as well. So I think we are – I did I count all six? Because we had a six-person draft class. Did I say five? We got Bijan. We got Bergeron. We got Clark Phillips. We got Zach Harrison. We got Helm. So we're just missing one, it looks like, uh, off the off the rookie class, Bo. So just getting more and more uh, rookie, rookie guys signed. And uh, Zach Harrison is the latest. Yeah, luckily, all luckily, due to we talked about this last time, but just mm-hmm. due to due to the way the 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 CBA is structured with these rookie contracts, it it's all it's all just kind of easy stuff yeah. these days. I mean, it's no it, pretty it's, straightforward. There's only a few things they even negotiate, and and some of it has to do with um, contract structures and that kind of stuff. So it's kind of um, a little bit of a foregone conclusion, which is good because teams yeah. don't have to deal with all these issues. You know, back in the day, um, it basically used to be one of these deals where it was negotiated for these first round picks and it could cause issues and, and guys could hold out. 
And um, and so and, and it's it's just kind of changed the way that is. It's almost a foregone conclusion. It's it's not even a big deal anymore. And it makes life a lot easier for not only these coaches, but these GMs and these fans because it's something they don't have to worry about anymore. No. So it's kind of good stuff. Yeah, it's no no drama behind it. Like you said, it's really all just a formality when you see news like this come out because you know at this point it's going to happen. Like you said, there's not really a whole lot to negotiate. So it with how dramatic the offseason can be and with you know how much how many moving parts there are during the offseason, this is kind of a good thing where you know you draft a good guy, you feel good about uh, your draft class, and you know they're all gonna get signed pretty much drama free so that is good stuff there the falcons also made some more roster moves though besides signing zach harrison to their rookie deal and they made a couple of uh uh, sign, uh signings other than zach harrison and they also cut veteran offensive tackle jermaine effetti as well so they signed qb austin on uh db lucas dennis defensive lineman LaCale London and offensive lineman Barry Wesley. And they also released, like we said, Jermaine Fetty as well. So uh, really the main takeaway there is they had let go of Jermaine or Fetty. And this was supposed to be a guy who could come in and, you know, he was supposed to be able to kind of be that filler guy and maybe be a, a, a answer at right tackle if Caleb McGarry couldn't have been that guy. Obviously, we are happy to know that Caleb McGarry is that guy. Um, so he, he's just kind of a guy that, uh, that fell through the cracks, didn't really work out. I mean, it's not really a huge deal. I would say Bo, because it's not like the Falcons spent oodles and oodles of cash on this guy, but this is a guy that came in and maybe had minor expectations, but we never really saw him at all. So, um, Jermaine Fetty has officially been released. Well, look, he was a guy that was going to come in here and air quote, push Caleb McGarry for his job. <laughs> And and that was kind of part of the deal. They were gonna. He was. He's a guy that could play all over the line. And right. And he never. I mean, he had a terrible camp at tackle, and right. to start the year. And, and and it was one of those deals where um, Elijah Wilkinson, you kind of thought was gonna be the guy that maybe pushed at tackle, and maybe that a Fetty could compete at guard. But the whole time Arthur had it planned, I guess. I mean, the way it seemed to play out, where Elijah Wilkinson was was going to be the guy competing for the left guard spot, along with um, Jalen Mayfield and Justin Schaefer. But it never really panned out. Effetti nope. just, I mean, I, Dylan, I remember being at, like it was yesterday, being at camp, watching some of the one on ones and um, and the you know, the O line D lineman go. Which, honest to God, we're going to get into this when we have Mike Johnson on my my co host yeah. on the morning shift on ninety two ninety game. Uh, one of my co-hosts, I should say, along with Tiffany Blackman. And it, it was like, – this is what I cannot wait for. I love this part of training camp. When you see yeah. the big uglies going at it, the offensive yeah. and defensive linemen doing their one-on-ones or love their, their position drills where they're, they're, the lines are going against each other. And there's always I'm, – I'm looking at learning a little bit more about some of the – what goes behind what they're doing. But, but – mm-hmm. Fetty was just bad, and I don't know if Caleb McGarry was so improved coming into camp that we were surprised that right. he didn't do very well uh, as far as Fetty. but he just was never that guy. You didn't really see him that last year. Uh, you've brought in other guys. I think this kind of shows you that Matthew Bergeron 
is is, is stepping into that left guard and and that that some of these other guys that they've signed they're hoping is going to make it maybe you know maybe Jalen Mayfield gets a chance to compete at that swing tackle job because he was Jalen Mayfield but well, I'm saying as a guy, they've got Joshua Miles in here who came in. He's from, you know, he's a four-year player. They've got um, Ethan Green uh, Greenidge, uh, mm-hmm. who is a guy that's a four-year player that's going to come in here and try to play for it. So it's just kind of one of those deals. Tyler Vrabel will be back this year. So there, there's got other guys there. So it's just one of those deals. Afedi didn't have a spot because Afedi didn't do anything to earn um, a bring back. And you talked about they signed some – some guys who are going to be kind of roster uh, camp camp invites with with real chances at making this team and and that is something that could work. But I, I don't mean to be a jerk, but I mean, okay, well, you know that was that's that. Uh, yeah, you know, that they that's the life of a of a of, of a depth offensive lineman in the NFL. You're you know there's a good chance you're going to move from place to place, and that's just part of it. So, yeah. I, it's just a transactional move in my eyes uh, in the offseason. I, I don't – and I, I know you're not saying it is a big deal, but no. if fans are saying, well, what does that mean? Hell, I don't think it means anything. Oh, no, yeah, than, it don't mean a whole lot. <laughs> well, you know what? Let me rephrase it a little bit. It might mean a little bit of something. It means they think they've got guys that are better that are going to compete for that job than what a Fetty would give them or based off what he gave them last year. Um, you know, gave them last year. So, so uh, that's good that you've moved on for a guy who I didn't think was very good to begin with last season for us. Now he had years before, but I didn't think he had anything last year. So, um, maybe look at it as a positive that you don't have to bring back a guy that you know a lot of us didn't think was going to be able to contribute if he did get in and when he did get in. Yeah. So, again. N- the life of a journeyman offensive lineman. You might stick at a couple spots for a couple of years, and then you know it might be time to move on. And and like you said, it's a good thing because the the Falcons are bringing in guys, bringing in guys that they're 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 drafting and guys they believe in. You know, can be the future and can be those you know those staple guys at the offensive line, like a Matthew Bergeron. They you signed to Caleb McGarry, you got Chris Lindstrom uh, an extension, so. Hated for Jeremy, uh, Jermaine Effetti, but you know I'm sure he'll find a I'm sure he'll find a home, and we'll see what happens with his future. But speaking of Matthew Bergeron, I do want to get into Falcons rookie minicamp a little bit, just kind of go over the the highlights of that. We saw Matthew Bergeron at left guard uh, doing his thing. He was with uh, Javon Gwynn, who was getting snaps at center. There we saw video of them uh, via Atlanta, the Atlanta Falcons Twitter page, running a couple of stunts, doing a couple of drills. Looking good. We saw Bijan Robinson out there doing his thing. And did you have any like major takeaways from from Falcons rookie minicamp? I mean, we had a uh, Josh Kendall today on uh, the morning shift, and he said, you know, look, it, it, it's exciting times. It's good to see those guys out there, and you know, it's good to see them do their thing. But at the end of the day, they're taking on other, you know, taking on other rookies, taking on other, you know, tryout guys as well who might be trying out for the team, but. At the end of the day, these are kind of he called them glorified walkthroughs. Um, so, do you have any major takeaways from from rookie minicamp? And uh, there is one signing we need to get into in a little bit, but I'll save that for just a second here. But any major takeaways from Falcons rookie minicamp? Yeah, um, 
I would say that Bijan's comments really stood out to me um, where he said, hey, um, you know, Arthur Smith is going to use me everywhere. Yeah. And I I think to me that is not a surprise. Mm-hmm. That is something that I've tried to say on this podcast and on the air um, multiple times that, Look, this is more than a running back. You didn't just draft a guy to carry the ball 20 times a game. You drafted a guy that's going to that's going to catch the ball out of the backfield. It's going to do everything you need him. Probably line up at I say catch the ball out of the backfield. I think that's I think that's being kind of thrown out there and 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 you're uh, and people are undervaluing the fact that this guy's going to line up outside in the slot yep. probably on the outside at times and he's going to run routes like a receiver not yep. even as a running back he's going to roll back in at times and and be a be a, uh, a blocking back and pick up blitzes so i i think that stood out to me because we've maybe have finally gotten through to the and I get it because I'm not a drafted running back in the top ten guy. I've said that as many times as I can. But maybe that 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 group that has just sees him as a running back will kind of open their eyes that this is a guy that's not just running back. And that was my number one takeaway um, from training camp that he's being very public with it. And maybe it's just kind of starting to sink in with a lot of people that hey, this is what this guy is going to be. Um, I would say that the second takeaway I have is Matthew Bergeron and to a lesser extent, uh, Javon Gwynn, who uh, we can get into in a minute about the, you know, his move to center because he's an undersized guy as a guard. But I would say that Bergeron talking a little bit and about his move to guard and he really clearly has either been coached up or has done enough film study or has talked to guys or just hell knows enough about the game of football, which is kind of something you want when you're uh, your potential offensive lineman who's a you know starting offensive lineman at, that is a rookie right. to kind of know. But he's like, look, th- these are there's some things that at tackle it you had the game is slower and you have you know you, it's more about getting your feet out and set. He goes, life comes at you quick. And that yeah. guard position. And by the way, uh, me and Mike Johnson are talking about this, and I don't want to steal his thunder, but I, you know, he he seemed to think that there are some ways where the ceiling is lower inside, though, because these those guys that are lining up on the outside, for the most case, are extremely athletically talented as far as the defensive ends you're going against. And mm. I don't think that's a knock on defensive tackles. No, I just think that they're that that is a point about, you know, there's a lot less Aaron Donalds out there and Grady Jarrett's and whatever potentially Jalen Carter could be. Those guys with that freak potential, that that just that just raw, pure athleticism where they are so gifted, those guys, while everyone in the NFL is like that, the guys like the Aaron Donalds of the world are the top shelf. And they're... Yeah. So you, you you do come across less of those guys. So just Bergeron, to me, to, to kind of um, put a put a bow on this, he really has an understanding. Uh, no pun intended. Um, there's there's real understanding of him of what it takes to m- make that adjustment or that that switch or that move or however 
whatever adjective you want to use to describe what he's doing, he really has a grasp of, of what it's going to take. And I think that's a good thing because I yep. think he is a guy that is, I think he's a very smart, um, motivated and somewhat <laughs> nasty. He's got the nastiness that comes that needs to come along a lot of times with those positions. And I, I, I love, I love that attitude. I love that mindset. I mean, he, he that is what we've been missing. I think at times recently um, for this team, I think he could step in and be that that Harvey Dahl type player, which is kind of a throwback. If you're an old school, not even an old school fan, if you're just a fan of the early Matt Ryan days and the the end of the Mike Vick days, you know exactly who the hell Harvey Dahl is. Oh yeah, how good of a player he was and what he meant and how he played. He was the antithesis of playing to the edge of the whistle, and he had that nastiness about him. And I'm really hoping that Matthew Bergeron can be a guy that um that that brings that back to this team uh which which has desperately been missing on that interior he's got the smarts but he's also got the physicality and the nastiness about him that you want all your offensive linemen to have and always being ready to get after it so i am really really excited to see matthew bergeron i think he's going to be really good at guard and you know the old adage and the old rule of thumb is Tackles who move into guard usually are pretty successful. And even though you you mentioned how the how the change kind of works and everything starts to come at you a little bit faster and those defensive tackles get to you a little bit faster and it's a, a lot faster moving on the inside than it is the outside. You talked about all that. Um, but like you said, seems like Matthew Bergeron has the intelligence and the physicality and the mindset to handle all of it. So really excited to see Matthew Bergeron and also just kind of Looking forward ahead a little bit, I'm really excited about this offensive line because it feels like with with Matthew Bergeron, I have a real feeling that he's going to be successful left guard, and we've been trying to lock up that left guard spot for a couple of years now. So to finally get some, and we've had pretty, we're, we're going to have pretty good continuity this year, but moving this year, moving forward past this year, it seems like we can maybe finally get that continuity across the offensive line not just for a year but maybe for you know years to come and have that maybe offensive line of the future that we've been looking for with with Bergeron with Lindstrom with McGarry hopefully with uh Dalman at center and you know Jake Matthews we'll, we'll see how long how much longer he can uh be a, uh, be a left tackle but it seems like he's got a f at least a few more years left in him so at least for the, the short-term future, maybe, you know, at least three years if we're included Jake in this conversation, that we can have that offensive line where we 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 know the guys that are going to be on the offensive line and they can really start to build some chemistry and become a real cohesive unit all together. So I think that's what I'm really most excited for, not having that question mark anymore that it seems like we have kind of had at left guard for the past uh, couple of years. So that's really what excites me about the offensive line. But I do want to transition over to a uh, another note that came out of Falcons rookie minicamp as we wrap up that conversation, and that's uh, Slay Bolden. Slay Bolden was not a rookie, but he was trying out for the uh, the Falcons, obviously a, a former Alabama player as well. I believe he got drafted by the Baltimore Ravens, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so he spent some, uh, he, he was out there at Falcons rookie minicamp trying out and he actually got signed by the Atlanta Falcons. And I mean, Bo, do you, 
Do you see a, a thing where do you think he's just going to end up being maybe a, a training camp body, or does he does he you think have a a good chance at uh, making some noise here and making a roster spot and maybe making an impact on this Falcons roster? Well, you know, when we did talk to Josh Kendall, who covers the Falcons uh, as a beat writer, he made he seemed to think that that they needed a little more from that and mm-hmm. that he was a guy that could come in here and prove himself. I think. I think I've seen I think Bolden is a was a good player, not a great player at Alabama. I thought yeah. he had some drops at times that he shouldn't have at Alabama. Maybe I'm wrong on that. But I think if he can come in here and run good routes, run sharp, crisp routes, uh be be sure-handed. And then look, let's go through the receiver. Because you got Drake London and you got Mac Hollins and you got Scotty Miller. And and, and, yep. and after that, if you whatever you yeah, I don't know how you want to how you want to count. Um, how you want to count our guy Kyle Pitts, but he's not a receiver. Uh, you're not going to line up at receiver. He's still a tight end. Yeah. Got you got Hodge as well. Well, you got Frank Darby and you yeah. got Penny Hart who you signed and right. um, Jared Bernhardt who made the team last year. And so there's some other guys that we obviously mentioned Drake. Um, you got some guys, but there's an opportunity and there's also um, an opportunity for, if Slade Bolden really wants to make this roster, he's going to go out there and find a way to com- contribute on special teams as well. That's that, a good point. You have to do that. I, I think that I don't think Frank Darby is guaranteed a job on this nope. team. Um, I, I don't think I know that Keelan Harris isn't. I don't think Penny Hart is, although I think Penny Hart has a good shot. Um, you know, uh, Xavier Malone and Justin Marshall. I mean, th- those guys aren't guaranteed spots. So yeah, right. he's gonna. He's got an opportunity, but he's going to have to go earn it. He's going to have to be sure-handed, run crisp routes, contribute on special teams. You know, he's not. He has to have a good camp, and that's what it's about. Is going. That's what training camp's about. Is yeah. These battles with these, you know, these these fourth and fifth receivers, and a chance to really make their name. So yeah, he's got a chance. But he's got a he. I, I'm not going to say, yeah, this guy's going to contribute right now. He's going to have to go prove it during training camp, and it's gonna it's gonna start in the off with the OTAs and the the, the mini camp that you'll have a, what in the middle of June, and then you'll have another shot to prove it at training camp. All those things go into um, with preseason games to to what his what his actual chances are of, of being on this roster come September. We shall see what uh, our guy Slade Bolden can do uh, on this roster, see if he can make some noise and add to this Falcons wide receiver group, talented group already. And, you know, if he can come in and make some noise, that'll 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 say a lot about where he's at right now. But do want to get into this final topic here on this edition of Peachtree Football. Our old friend, Matt Ryan, obviously Atlanta Falcons. Great. The greatest player in franchise history. I don't think there's much debate there. Matt Ryan, however, is not retiring, but he does have one foot in the door of his new post-football career as he joins the NFL on CBS team as an analyst. Going to be an in-studio, and he's going to be a uh, he's going to be traveling as well. He's going to be a game analyst as well. So, uh, interesting stuff there for Matt Ryan as he as he signs with uh, CBS Sports. And look, we saw him last year a little bit during the playoffs. I think he's going to be really good. He was good last year. And I mean, I really can't wait to see how Matt Ryan looks during uh, during this time because 
Matt Ryan, obviously a very smart, cerebral football player. Uh, he, he knows a lot about the game, obviously has been in the game for a long time. So I'm interested to see his uh, analysis. I, I'm interested to see maybe a little bit different side of Matt. Let him kind of express his personality a little bit more, uh, a side that, you know, you got to see a little bit as an executive producer of Atlanta Falcons Radio Network. But not a lot of people got to see maybe, you know, a little bit more of the the fun side of Matt Ryan, a little bit more of his personality. So going to be fun to see uh, Matt Ryan doing doing something new and being uh, being in behind the studio and on the desk and having the headset on here and there. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, this is one of those things and um, that that this this is what Matt's my new mask at the kids. Uh, the, the 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 ice cubes. He's got the yep. twins, and then he has the the newborn. But mm-hmm. Matt, Matt, Matt's gonna you know these guys they get a little bored. This gives them meaning. I think Matt's gonna be brilliant. I, I, like you said, I've gotten to know a little bit of that that different guy, and man, he is the best. He's he's a really fun guy. He's a lot looser guy, a lot bigger personality than people realize. I think he's gonna bring whoever. Hopefully, when he does do games, CBS puts him with someone that really can use his, can really draw out his personality. Because right. with the right announcer, it's going to be phenomenal. Um, with the wrong announcer, it, it, it's going to be another guy. But I think, that's, I think, I think he's going to be like a Rich Gannon meets a Tony Romo with a less of the over the top excitement <laughs> that Tony Romo has. But with all the analysis that they both have, but more right. personality. And I'm a big Rich Gannon fan, but but a little bit more personality than Rich Gannon. I think Matt's got a chance to be one of the greats at broadcasting, just like he to me he was one. He's a Hall of Famer as a yep. player. Um, so I'm really excited. I think it's fair to say, uh, and I think you might have mentioned this, but look, he was never going to retire this year uh, no. for multiple reasons. I think. First and foremost, the uh, he's not going to leave eighteen million dollars on the table because if no he goes to retirement, that that there's there's some there's some kind of clause in there. I think the other thing would be it'd be crazy to close the door on maybe an opportunity for one of these teams that has weapons and has an offensive line that can kind of keep him upright and kind of give him enough time to to get out of the pocket and move and do the things he needs to. And I think those teams lie. In in Miami could be a thing because if Tom Brady is retired, retired, Mike McDaniel, uh, McDaniel's is a guy that he had here in Atlanta with him. He was a, a game analyst. He knows what Matt needs. He knows how to game plan for Matt. He runs the exact same system that Kyle Shanahan has. I mean, that's a place to look at in case Tua pops up with the injury bug. I think you look in San Francisco. That's a place you could look. Kyle Shanahan is obvious. A lot of weapons. They have a great defense. Matt can get the ball out quickly there, and then they can protect him a little bit, and that quarterback position has been injury-plagued. Yep. Um, I think you even go to Green Bay. They're replacing uh, Aaron Rodgers. There's less yep. weapons there, but they can protect him a little bit. I think you can see Matt go and be a guy that maybe could play there late in the season if Jordan Love isn't the guy and that defense has gave them enough and they could go and maybe Jordan Love gets hurt. Maybe, oh, I don't know. There's all kinds of scenarios that could play Never out. happen. But I do know that there's an opportunity. There could be an opportunity there. So I think you could see him pop up somewhere, um, you know, but you just never know. I, I just don't 100% think, though, that that's going to happen. I think he's going to not retire, but retire. And I right. think that most likely that you'll never see him again. And after this season, he'll 
sign his retirement paper, um, collect his money, sign his retirement papers, and then he'll he'll um, he'll he'll be on a NFL broadcasting crew for the next fifteen to twenty years, um, maybe less, maybe just ten or twelve, killing it, and then he'll ride off yeah. in the sunset. There you go. Well, we'll see. You know, part of me feels like because obviously Matt Ryan's a, a competitor, but he also, like you said, is a smart guy. He maybe knows the the writing might be on the wall a little bit. But I do think, like you said, if the opportunity comes comes, then he might be. You know, he he might go out there and uh and try and do his thing, especially with you know the way the season ended with Indianapolis. Obviously, it's not the way you want to have a a season go. So, you know, you maybe think that uh, that competitive fire to maybe go out on a little better note is uh, still there. But obviously, the situation, like you said, is going to have to be right. Miami makes sense. Uh, all the teams that you named uh, make sense. Uh, Green Bay, uh, San Fran, those make sense. But again, if that doesn't happen, Matt Ryan's going to be totally fine collecting his 18 mil. Then once he gets that, once he secures that bag, Bo, he's going to be all right, just fine. Doing doing games uh, for CBS and he's gonna do a great job behind the desk with the headset on in the booth maybe at times as well. So I'm excited to see uh, what Matt Ryan does with uh, CBS and hey maybe you know maybe you never know maybe we'll see a number two out there uh, slinging it one more time if uh, if everything goes his way. But that is going to do it for us, Bo Morgan. This has been another great edition of Peach Street Football as we continue to take you out through the off season. We'll be back with you next week to talk some more Falcons and uh, some more developments as we continue through the offseason. But make sure you download the podcast, subscribe to Peachtree Football, like the podcast as well. Tell everybody you know about Peachtree Football. We are wherever you get your podcast. That is Apple Podcasts. That is Spotify. That is the Odyssey app. Wherever you get your podcast, Peachtree Football is there. For Bo Morgan, I am Dylan Matthews. And until we talk to you guys next time, 